y'all, welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. This is Money, your friendly cat owner. Oh, wow. It all goes downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is Nikita, and this week I am your friendly neighborhood songstress. Oh, God. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of singing. I've just had a, a song in my heart and, what do you call it, a little oomph in my step. Music from- is... From the Color Purple soundtrack? I've been listening to other things besides the co- Color Purple soundtrack. Luther Vandross? I've listened to other things. <laughs> I've listened to Holland Oates, Linda Ronstadt. Oh, God, stop! A stellar Larry Levin disco playlist. Nikita, I worry about you, it's friend. Been, oh, and you know what? As, as you keep collecting cats, I'm going to continue worrying <laughs> about you, too, okay? Love your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, taint you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. You love. Where can people find us? So you can find us at uh, Queer Walk Pod on. Twitter and on Instagram. Why are you laughing? <laughs> How did your mom say Instagram? I'm not gonna put my mama out there in the, in these streets like that. It's not bad mouthing. I, I love you, mom. I love Miss Sharon too. Instagram. She says, <laughs> she says like Graham Grum. She said she got an Instagram like two weeks ago and it popped up as a notification. You know, it tells you your yeah. Facebook friend. I'm like, what's Sharon doing on Instagram? And then she calls me and she goes, I got an Instagram now. That's a good one. I'm, I'm not calling it anything else but Instagram from Please now on. Stop. I love it. And I love Miss Sharon. Okay. So you can find us at Queer Walk Pod on Instagram or Instagram, however you choose to pronounce it. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook at Queer Walk the Podcast, where it all started, on Tumblr at Queer Walk. Um, And yes, queerwalk.com. Sorry, that's the Tumblr. The Tumblr is queerwalk.com. And use the hashtag. So I was just going to say, y'all know how hard it is to find other queer women of color. Mm -hmm. So use the hashtag so uh, we can find each other. You know, we can be going back and forth, chit chatting. Suggested, you know, like. Exactly. Yeah. So then how else can they contribute? But I should say where they can fi- listen to us first. Oh. You just jumping ahead of the... I, okay, go ahead. You jumping ahead of the program. <laughs> if you call it a program... <laughs> no, I, I see what you did there. You tried low-key throw my mama under the bus. I'm not throwing so, your mama under the bus. You said program. I'm not throwing Miss Sharon under nobody's bus. But anyway, they can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, which is the Purple app, on SoundCloud, and on Google Play. And Stitcher. Oh, okay, Stitcher. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, so how 
can people donate? <clears throat> okay, so they can go to our PayPal, which is paypal.me slash queerwalk. And also, uh, they can donate on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash queerwalkpod. And y'all, so we got some end of the year goals. Yes. We got some goals. Yes. So right now, we have five patrons. And by the end of the year, we're trying to shoot for 10. 10. I think we could do that. We that's could just do that. five more. Yeah. We got like three episodes left. So that's like three patrons per episode with yeah. like one straggler. Exactly. No, that's not even. Because we, we have five and we're trying to get five more. Yeah. So we just need like two people per episode to become a patron. Two people per episode. That's it. And, and we'll so, get our yes, I know, you know, it's getting cold out. Just one day, just say, fuck the Frappuccino instead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dedicate that three bucks to Queer Walk, or the five, or yeah. the seven. Yeah. And also, um, another way um, you all can donate is donate some of your time and just go um, give us a rating or a review. And again, like I said, we got goals. So uh, we have 18 reviews, um, uh, ratings and reviews right now on iTunes. And so we're trying to get to 25 by the end of the year. That, I think we could do 25 ratings by December 31st. December 31st. That. Yeah, we got it. So, I mean, y'all already listening. I feel like that guy on that commercial, you sitting on the couch, you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you ain't doing nothing anyway. Okay. You already listening. Just we're, go ahead and click the stars. But we're not going to condescend. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to condescend to our listeners in the same way that these for-profit <laughs> colleges are targeting working class, particularly black folks. So My bad. That was problematic of me. <laughs> the, the point remains, take a little bit of time out of your day and uh, write us a review uh, or do a review. How do you say it? Write a review? You can write a review. Or leave rate. a comment. You can subscribe. But really what we're trying to do is get those ratings up because that's what helps us show up for other people. So again... Y'all know how hard it is to find QWOP community, QPOC community. So we just trying to help with that visibility of the podcast and getting us up to 25 ratings. That's our first goal for the end of the year. We could do that. We already at 18. Yeah. We're all just, just a smidge more. It's like, we know y'all listening. We see the numbers. Exactly. Okay. So do we want to go to Queer Walk of the Week? Yeah. What's Queer Walk of the Week? Okay. So we have a... A few. It's sort of like uh, a theme, a themed queer walk of the week, and it's all like political baddies. Political baddies, that? yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay, so we're just gonna highlight some political baddies for the queer walk of the week segment this week. And the first, I wanted to just give an update on the homie Razi. Oh right, who ran for fourth district common council mm-hmm. in Syracuse. Uh, so Syracuse has a lot of flaws and that obviously showed in the results of the race. But um, we are still so incredibly proud of Rozzy because she pulled 11% of the votes in her district. And it was a three, and, uh, three-way three race. Yes. Say Wait, what do you mean? Say more. So uh, there was three people running for um, the, the seat that she was um, running mm-hmm, for. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> and that's great. We know how hard it is and how difficult it is. Third parties uh, like the Green Party just don't have the kinds of funds like the, the, the mayoral yeah. uh, candidate who's on an independent um, ticket, which, I mean, he's really um, a corporate Democrat slash moderate Republican, but that's a rant for another day. And, like, at one point during the campaign, he had half a million dollars 
um, in his slush fund for his campaign. And so just, I mean, right there mm-hmm. alone, like, mm-hmm. we can see that there's just a fundamental difference between, like, right. the grassroots, third party, mm-hmm. um, like, the Green Party versus, like, you know, these major... Um, between major parties and people who are, like, well-funded, uh, well-connected. Like, the the guy that was running for mayor it was basically had all this money coming in from, like, wealthy developers. So I say all that to say that, like, that's a he pretty... He won the election. He, essentially, yeah. right? And so, um, again... But Razi's was the people's choice. It was, it yeah. was. And, like, and, and when you're a grassroots, um, you know, you just... It's just the the odds are are stacked against you, but it still is. like yeah. getting um, double digit percentages. Double, yeah, and you know this is her first time running, and I don't yeah. think it'll be her last. And she's still going to be active, mm-hmm. um, in local movement work. So uh, shout out to her, and we just wanted to make sure that we gave y'all um, that update on um, her run and her campaign. Yeah, and I'll still put her um, like website in the description also because like Nikita said, she's still active. She's still out here doing things. Um, it, it's funny because like that, that platform would have helped her with what she's doing in the community, but it is no way hindering her that she didn't get it. Like she's still out here fucking it up in Syracuse. So exactly. just wanted to give that update. Cause I know we talked about her campaign on here and also November 9th, like saw like a lot of change. And so we were like one year out from, uh, you know, 45's election right. and it was a lot of overturning us and some. Shit popping off. So we and in that a lot of queer people of color did some monumental things. So we right. wanted to highlight them. Um, and so I, I know a lot of people have talked about uh, the trans women of color who were elected on the ninth. But I wanted to highlight Andrea Jenkins, who uh, was elected in the eighth ward of Minneapolis. Uh, she has been covered on probably like every podcast I listen to regularly. Um, it, it, it's a big deal because she she was I think she's the first out mm-hmm. um, trans woman of color elected to um, office in a major city in the United States. So this is uh, huge. And she's also dope. So I was watching her TED talk as we were getting ready. Uh, you know, and I'm just like, this bitch got a TED talk. Okay, okay, TED talk. Um, and uh, you know, just looking at her platform. Um, I'll say a little bit more about that after I talk about the next person. But I think it's it's a good start. And um, I think that's how things change when you start to get people in roles that are impacted by things. Yeah. Um, and then it's, uh, I wanted to also talk about Philippe Cunningham, who was mm-hmm. also elected in Minneapolis, but in the fourth ward. Mm-hmm. So they, they, like, Minneapolis was just like, the Q-Pops, we just gonna <laughs> rock with y'all, because y'all know. Um, about to uh, tear the city council up. Yeah, and he's also the youngest person elected uh, to Minneapolis City Council, so I also wanted to highlight that. I don't know if we wanted to talk about this before you went into yours or after for these political baddies. Let's just talk about it now. Okay, so um, something that I did notice, though, is that... How do I say this without shitting on this video? Because it is important that they have been um, yeah. installed into these positions. However... Semicolon. Yeah, it's so. We certainly don't want to take away um, from their victories, but I think um, something that hasn't necessarily been um, touched on or talked about, and honestly, you have to talk about this um, with any kind of political candidate um, that you're um, that you're talking about. It's like, what are their policies? Right. What? Because uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm just talking over you guys. No, no, no. The only thing that I just wanted to say is that again, we 
we absolutely don't want to diminish how like crucial and how like groundbreaking it is to have queer people of color, particularly queer trans mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. of color um, at, in office. But so that's important. Um, but it's actually people's policies that are going to have wide ranging effects on, right. on, on a large, on a relatively like right. large number of people. And right. it's like at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like that, that's really, um, that's where like the meat of it is. And mm-hmm. I feel like, Again, it's important. We certainly highlight and celebrate the fact um, that they're uh, trans people of color. But what what is it they actually stand for? What are they putting forward? It reminds me of when it it was around the time where I first met you, and we were at Fusion, and we were talking about like having. But we got a black president. We got a black president. Yeah. However, there was this movement for Black Lives Matter emerging under a black presidency. Exactly. And so. So that every so I just remember you saying that like those contradictions Always. speak to like the problems in right. capitalism sure, and how we exactly. do things and electoral college all of that is that how is it that we have a black president and a movement called Black Lives Matter like simultaneously and and, and, and like the important thing to like just. Um, to point out is that the movement for black lives, as we all know, like came up because we had this at this time where we had this black president, we also saw like these horrific killings of black right, folks. Right. Right. And not to mention like black people's wages had gone down, mm-hmm. like their their quality of lives have been vastly um diminished. And this was happening all under mm-hmm. um a black president. So this is why we say it's a, like it's not nothing, right? Yeah. That in a country that's like was founded on white supremacy, you know, mm-hmm. settler colonialism, racism, and all the isms and exploitation and oppression, that you know somebody was um, um, you know, a black person or a person of color is able to rise up. But what does that like? The individual ascension of black people or or oppressed people to power does not always change it for everybody to, the, to like the right. collective mm-hmm. um, ascension of our people. Right. So that's that's what we're really trying to get at. Here. Yeah. And and so I think the way that these uh, new um, officers have been talked about has has been in the you know the the traditional American way the exception yeah. like they are the chosen ones really um, but we have to think about like what representation really uh, means and so it's not just their identities right because they they could be I mean I have met trans folks of color who are like raging Republicans okay. which I'm just like bitch how but uh, Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> We don't have to go too far. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's really, like, holding them accountable and seeing what their uh, their platforms really are. And so while it is important um, that their identities are representing a lot of us who do feel the brunt of a lot of this stuff, their um, platforms are equally as important. And something Nikita pointed out earlier was that everybody is talking about small business owners and nobody is talking about the workers, and so what we know is that QPOX, so let, let me let me break this down. Trans women of color have a um, unemployment rate that is four times the national average. So let's just, like, I don't think it's a far leap to assume then that workers' rights, working conditions are going to impact them more directly. And so- just, I, I was just reading, I didn't mean to cut you off, no, no. like the other day I was just looking at something and it was like, one of the main um, reasons that uh, trans people have difficulty uh, getting health care because in this country, because we don't have single payer universal health care, one of the main ways that people get um, health care is through their employer. Right. So if you don't have access to um, employment, then that like 
vastly diminishes your ability to get the access to care that you need. And so like it's so it's not just like a sole narrow focus mm. on um like workers' rights, but then you know, we start getting into, you know, um, yeah, so having a job, having a job with a living wage, mm-hmm. having good access to health care. And then of course if you don't have a steady stream of income, then you know it's difficult to get housing and like all of these mm-hmm. like it all like kind of like balloons it, yeah, out. Yeah, it's like there. domino effects. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing I just want to point out is because like a lot of the a lot of these folks of color who won or even who ran like use the language of like police violence and we need to do something about police violence but they always bring it back to this cis hetero black man narrative around like we need to protect our black men our black men are dying in the streets and obviously it's like we know that that is happening and police violence looks a lot of different ways so we do not need to ignore um rapist police who are on these streets patrolling and harassing um, black black women, women of color. We do not need to ignore the police who are harassing uh, trans women exactly. and accusing them of being sex workers. sex workers. Like that is all police violence as well. So um, just really, really ask your politicians what they mean when they talk about police violence because it isn't. If it isn't inclusive of all of that, then we just need to like throw it out. <laughs> exactly, and so um, and I feel like every time, anytime we talk about. Um, like policies, it's always important to be like concrete. Mm-hmm. So something that I did like, uh, I appreciate it about both of them is that they are trying to change this narrative on like intracommunal violence. Mm-hmm. And so both of them said that you know they're committed to treating of uh, like intracommunal violence as a public, public health, health yeah. issue. And um, they both said that like um, basically having more police doesn't actually address the issue and right. it causes um, more problems. And something that I think it was. Um, good that um Jenkins said is that um like it was important to have police accountability but so well, like I said it's important to be concrete she didn't exactly spell out like what that what means that so like. it's like does that mean um that they're going to be uh fired they're going to be paying fines are they going to be paying reparations to the families mm-hmm, out of mm-hmm. their own individual pockets out of people that they ruthlessly murder and abuse yeah. it's like that's when like mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. I, that's when you know as old folks say you know the proof is always in the pudding yeah yeah i really like that also especially as like a mental health hoe that on, <laughs> on andrea jenkins website she was ex- explicitly talking about threats to the community as public health issues mm-hmm. and not um uh, what is it called? Like, she she's not pathologizing us exactly. as people of color with who who have because um I think a whole bunch of people have said this before. I don't even know where to like point it to, but it's like we can talk about multiple things at the same time. So it's not like we haven't been talking about violence within the community for years, right? But we also need to acknowledge like how that's that that environment is created because of lack of access to exactly, jobs and exactly. things like that. So yeah. Continue moving on along, <laughs> you because you had other political baddies. No, but I think that this is good. So, yeah. like, we just touched on a little bit of the things that we saw um, in their platforms and in their policies. But we would really encourage all of you all to look a little bit uh, more in depth about mm-hmm. again the concrete things that they're calling for. And can I just say something real yeah, quick before go you right go ahead. on to the next one? Also, um, when when we ask people, specifically black people in this country in the United States to go out and vote. Like, I think we also need to be specific and concrete about that. So, um, the only time I I hear these big, huge, like, go vote pushes is around presidential elections. Even though these elections, these, like, 
city council seats. These yeah. um these uh judges, circuit oh my judges, God, the judges, family court judges, like all of these people are elected positions that actually have you always talk about material conditions right, changing. Right, right. These are immediate material changes that we can see in our communities and our neighborhoods and our lives. So um even like school school board positions. School, these are stuff, all yeah. elected positions. Um and so I think that this was not only like historic and monumental because like damn, look at all these black women who fucked up the polls this November. This November, right, right, right. but it also shows that um, while like we we are not ignoring the local. And I think another thing that's animating people is that there's a certain level of I guess to be crude about it. I think people are like, well, we're fucked yeah. at the federal level, mm-hmm. so now we're gonna pour a lot of our energy yeah. into the state level and mm-hmm. into like the local yeah. um, level. So I, I'm just. Um, I'm glad that that energy is there because not to say that we shouldn't focus on the national and, uh, you know, at the federal level, but it really is at this local level Mm -hmm. where it has like the most, um, where I think you can push um, for some more like progressive uh, kinds of policies. Things like minimum wage. Exactly. All these things are like state level stuff. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, we could talk about this all day. I know. I'm like, bitch, we on the first segment and we like. You you know how we do. This this is what happens when you uh when you live and work on the margins. You can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> All right. Our uh next uh queer walk is actually um Jamila Hamami. And actually, shout out to Jamila because we used to go to uh undergrad together. Shout out to UNT. So so yeah, UNT just cranking them out. Just <laughs> cranking out all the radical queers. You bet your sweet ass. Today. <laughs> All right. So, um, that's sweet ass. So, uh, Jamila actually identi- uh, identifies as uh, they. Um, and they are Tunisian American, and they are founder of an uh, founder and executive director of an amazing organization called the Queer Detainee Empowerment Project. Come on, Jamila. Okay, and so that's an organization that's committed to supporting and advocating for LGBTQIA, gender non-conforming, trans, and HIV-positive detainees and folks who are undocumented. Mm. So, like, that's, I mean, that's really great that she's working, excuse me, that they are working at those um, intersections. And I've known Jamila for a long time, and uh, they've been an amazing, just badass um, feminist organizer and done all other kinds of, like, immigrants' rights and workers' rights. So um, they were shouted out, and uh, I think the piece, or the the uh, platform is called Next Speed, but we'll uh, post a link. It was yeah. a, it was called Ten um, Era Badass Women Who Are Like Shaking Up Like Sexual Politics, yeah, or something like that. So like, just shout out to them and just you. Know, and so here's this is important because people think it's only conservative, racist trash that bubbles up from the south, mm-hmm. but you know, folks like Jamila and true. other exactly. Yeah. And there's so many other uh, groups, particularly people of color, queer people of color, that are really, you know, fighting uh, for, like, a radical, um, progressive, like, future. Mm -hmm. So, shout out to Jamila. Do we want to move on to community contributors? Yes. So, community contributors are just the people who have given me and Nikita support, who have supported Queer Walk uh, throughout the two weeks between episodes. Um, yeah, and so you want to start out with the shout-outs or me? No, you go first. Okay, so first we want to shout-out the homie Koi. Thank you, Koi. You know, Koi is a friend who supports his friends, and I just really appreciate that. Because, you know, you be doing stuff, you be trying to be like, oh, so I got this podcast, and, you know, your friends be the first ones to be like, "Mm." 
But Koi has always been supportive from episode one. Thank from you so day much. One, from day one, yeah. Uh, so we want to shout out Koi, not just for being like our homie in real life, but he also uh, became a patron. So shout out. Yes, yeah, so shout out. Yes. <laughs> um, also to Amira, that I just wanted to shout out Amira again because last time I feel like I interrupted her shout out. You did. So <laughs> thank you, Amira. And also she sent us a, a whole list of really good topics. That we can't wait to get yeah, to. Yeah, those are really great. Thank yeah. you so much, Amir. You, I think you just set up our next like eight episodes. So. Basically. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and the last shout out that I'm going to do is for Miss Khadija, who has held us down on the PayPal. So thank you, Khadija. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank all of y'all. So I'm going to read uh, two new reviews that we got. Oh, shit. Uh, iTunes. And remember, we're trying to get to 25 uh, ratings. We had 18, so... Follow their lead. <laughs> okay, so I'm totally gonna butcher this. So I'm so sorry. I don't I don't know if it's Tuali, Tuali. I'm please correct me. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's offensive. And I'm sure you don't pronounce it like that. But anyway, uh Tuali, uh Tuali says. So Tuali says, amazing podcast from the minds of two equally amazing people. The discussions, tips, and perspectives are relevant and important, and most importantly, entertaining. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. And the next one, um, I love the title of the review. Um, Five Star Cuties. Yeah, you would love that. Who who doesn't want to be a five star cutie? I mean, I want to be a five-star Exactly, cutie. as you start twerking in your seat. <laughs> All right, so this is from Queerly Femtastic. Queerly Femtastic says, uh, <laughs> too long didn't read a version, this podcast is the bee's knees. I love that phrase. It's so cute. Oh, that's what those um, those letters mean? T-L-D-R? Yes. Oh, keep up. That's, <laughs> that's so wild that I knew something 21st century that you didn't. What does it mean? Too long didn't read. It's like a shortened synopsis. Whoa. Wow, you're behind. Oh, that's a first. Anyway, Queerly Fantastic goes on to say. I thought it was like an um, uh, emoji that didn't show up. Wow. Okay, go ahead. Okay, Sorry, I, I won't interrupt anymore. I'm embarrassed. Listening to this amazing space curated for and by black queer women gives me so much life. I thoroughly enjoy learning from, laughing with, Cringing in sympathy and having a good old-fashioned church mm-hmm, with these fabulous hosts. They inspire me to keep my own podcast running smoothly. Because really, we all we got. And if we don't do it for ourselves, who will? Well, that's queerly fantastic is motherfucking right. So thank yes. you for that. And, well, we, I'm going to shout out her podcast later. But can we do it right now? Yeah, go ahead and do it now. Okay. And that podcast she was referring to is uh, Cheers and Queers. So you can find that on iTunes as well, along with Queer Walk. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Thank y'all um, for those uh, reviews and the, for all of the community contributors. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, y'all keep the lights on. All right. Shall we move on to the mental moment with money? Are you going to do a jingle? Would you be offended? You know what? No, because you don't deserve it and you don't <laughs> appreciate my jingles. So no jingle for you. <laughs> All right. What's the mental moment with money? I, I kind of missed the jingle now yeah. that you're not doing it. Oh, yeah. You snooze, you lose, buddy. <laughs> it's the mental moment with money. 
What is that? that? What is that? You to see? the tune of. That's the Mariah Carey, honey. You see what oh I did there? Oh, my God. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> you Money, know, honey. You know Mariah. Mariah is petty enough to sue us for that. <laughs> Girl, people have to donate to our legal fees then. <laughs> All right. What's okay, let moment? me go ahead and jump into this mental moment. So um, around this time last year, I was doing a similar episode around preparing everybody for the holidays. And so I thought I would sort of do an updated mental moment for that. I really wanted to talk about like escapes or things you can do to sort of, I don't know, stay whole, kind of distract yourself from the busyness and possibly stress of going home for the holidays or being around family members for the holidays. Because, uh, you know, as queer folk, it's really hard um, oftentimes when we go home. I was thinking about how, like, we, we spend all this time trying to be okay with our identities, whether it's coming out, whether it's, like, coming in to yourself mm. um, and forming new relationships deciding whether or not you're going to bring home Bay or if you're going to go to Bay's house. Yeah. Like, you do all these things to negotiate your identity. And so any little thing that your family does might open these wounds around, like, you being rejected or yeah. or times where you rejected your own self. Um, and so I think it's important for us to sort of be prepared for that. And, you know, family is emotionally loaded anyway, even if you are completely happy and healthy person family just knows that way to open up old wounds because a lot of history there and um and another thing about the holidays in particular like this these times of the year is that our family expects us to like snap back into our old roles of who we were growing up um because there's a lot of like obligation and tradition and sort of like ritualistic stuff around this time of the year you feel guilty when you've outgrown those roles that your family expects you to always hold so like i don't know maybe you was always a little kid to get the cranberry sauce out of the refrigerator and <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a you know that's when you know that you're going from the kids table to the adults table or some kind of intermediate table. yeah it's like okay. around like 14 14. They, yeah. <laughs> In my family. They'll tell you to go get the, I elevated, the banana pudding. I elevated to the adult table far sooner than 14. Okay, well, <laughs> you obviously aged <laughs> much quicker than I did. Um, but, but my point is that a lot of times the roles that you've outgrown around the holidays, they start to feel like obligation and your family really wants you to do that. And especially when you're trying to navigate queerness with that, yeah. it feels like, oh, bitch, I can't do this. So I just wanted to list like a, f- a fun list of things you can do to sort of get your mind away from the fuckery that might be family. Um, so let's see. I wanted to start with some podcast suggestions, obviously, because this is a podcast. I suggest... Going back and listening to our old episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that. Shameless um, plug. Well, sort of. Because I was thinking about, like, boundaries also become important mm, of, like, how to, how to um, intentionally say no when, like, those obligations are expected yeah. of you. So I'm like, oh, the biphobia ep- episode we did, I did how to set boundaries in that episode. But also, some of my... Um, suggestions for like go to escape podcasts, um, Strange Fruit podcasts, uh, and Tea with Queen and Jay and the Black Joy mixtape. I would suggest those three because they have like 
not only personal, but they do the personal is political really well. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times what gets me frustrated with being around um, my family who doesn't quite accept uh, me being queer is that I never know what to say back to them. So I get stuck in my head of like, oh, bitch, if I would have just said this. And so those three podcasts. I swear they will equip you with the comeback. So, <laughs> so this, this is you gotta hit your family with this. You're gonna be like this. You're gonna be like fourteen thousand seven hundred and forty eight. And they're gonna be like, What the fuck are you talking about? And you're gonna be like, That's all the ways you got me fucked up and you storm your ass up out of there. Okay. One the, suggestion. <laughs> Yeah, so I, that's why I suggested those three. Okay, and then I'm suggesting this one because if you need to feel like a bad bitch before that trifling-ass auntie come over, if if you need to feel like a bad bitch before your your shady-ass auntie, which is the gender-neutral term for an aunt or an uncle. I didn't know that. Yes. Look at me. Eh, flips locks. Listen to Making Oprah, bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you listen to this podcast, you will feel like you can just, like, accomplish anything. Oprah is just the... She is, like... What were you telling me? baddest of... She just... She's, like... I wasn't feeling Baltimore. And you know what? I never doubt myself at all. I didn't need the Winfrey. Bitch, I'm Oprah. Like, <laughs> that's not what she said. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> That was, was the subtext. It was the, it was the subtext. That's my that's my traplation of it. Like oh, my trans traplation. Yeah, it's that's, like a translation, but trap. Um, but yeah. So if you need to feel like you that bitch and you can conquer anything, and then she always she she you know she's auntie status, so she always throw in in my spirit. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. So some shows that I would suggest. Uh, so I wanted to start out with ones that have a lot of episodes so you can binge watch. So if somebody be like, ooh, can you check on the greens? Be like, oh, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I have five episodes left. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that excuse is not going to fly in no family of color. <laughs> like, you don't get your narrow behind up and, fl- and turn them greens off. So I would suggest Grey's Anatomy because that's what I've been watching. Like it's 2012. <laughs> It's still on the air, okay. but it has on on um, Netflix, I think, like 300 episodes. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you could kill your whole week with that. You, that'll take you right into the new year. <laughs> yeah. And then to sort of prep yourself, um, Lena Waif's episode of Master of None. It's a, it's a good holiday prep episode for that queerness, even though I wouldn't suggest coming out on the holidays because yeah. stress is already running yeah. high. You got your whole family there. It's just too much pressure. Um, And so American Horror Story was suggested by Nikita. Wow. Because she said it's campy. Why do you just do me like this? I mean, Angela Bassett is there. Gabrae Sidibe is there. I mean, Angela Bassett is reason enough alone. Okay. And there's a lot there's lots of episodes for you to catch up with. Exactly. Okay, so on this list I also put uh the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Only for Titus and (laughs) Dramada. If you only watch the Titus episode where he does, he Re- recreates a lemonade. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and then uh, I guess an honorable mention is Frasier. Wow, you're not gonna do Frasier like that. Okay, let me sell it properly. Frasier is a fun, witty, sharp, timeless program 
that's sure to make you laugh and cry and feel like you're a part of the Crane household. I'm okay, okay, I'm done. Are any of the principal characters people of color? Let's just not even throw queerness in there. It was a different okay. time. <laughs> a, a, a time before <laughs> before people of color existed, Nikita? Okay. In Seattle? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. I'm along. a complicated person. Some movies that I suggest as escapes. The Gymnast. I tried to find like uh, queer, queer pock stuff that had happy endings because that's really hard that's, for us. Yeah, indeed. Usually one of us dies. Or, Somebody or... goes back to the husband. It's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. But The Gymnast, good. New York Girls TV. I think y'all hear me talk about this a lot. It's my favorite lesbian web series. They have a movie and it's available on YouTube. I will put the link in the description. Mosquita E. Marie. That's is so that, cute. Did I say it yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Mosquita E. Marie is the cutest teenage love story. It's just, yeah, it's like the cutest, yeah. most endearing thing I've seen in quite some time. It's so adorable. Yeah. Um, And so I won't give any spoilers, but I just love it. It's yes, yeah, okay. Cute. Um, Margarita with a straw. I love this one because it's uh, it's like a Nickelodeon produced. Uh, <laughs> wow, it is, but it's um, it's not kiddish at all, and it has like it has a lot of layers. Every like moment of that movie is like, damn, damn, but it has a very happy ending. It's not depressing. Um, Tangerine, which. I kikied at several times. Nikita has yet to see it. We'll get her together. Okay, thank you for putting me on blast. How did you not see Tangerine? Keep going through your little list now. Okay, and last but not least, this movie has absolutely nothing to do with Q-Pox, but um, I thought it was a good movie, and it's <laughs> it's a good escape movie because you get sucked into like, ooh, what is happening? Don't read the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> But it's Lila and Eve starring uh, J-Lo and Viola Davis. Wow. I'd never even heard of that. <laughs> it's, it was a straight to Netflix, girl. <laughs> wow. But it is so good. And it has one of those shocker endings. It's a suspense. Oh, I like so, suspense. Yes. Okay. The, the ending just, you just never saw it coming. So. All right. And so then I have some Instagram suggestions because, you know, all of these that I've suggested are sort of like you need to pull yourself away or maybe you need to have your headphones in. Um, so I'm just going to suggest some Instagrams you can scroll through when you're like, you know, ignoring family members and the, the bigotry and the microaggressions. Um, the first one I'm going to suggest is uh, the homie T. Her Instagram is I am N-A-T-T-E-E. She's an artist. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. She is a, a layering expert. Her fall wardrobe. <laughs> <is like>. Wow. <laughs> Bitch, what? I asked her, like, how she do? How do you do that? She was like, you know, I just be effortlessly swaggerific, basically. I have to go back and look at her uh, Instagram now. The layering is like... That's really a skill. As you would say, top notch. Hey. So, you know, check her out. She's a tattoo artist, um, multidisciplinary artist, and her layering game is on point. Um, And then I just recently followed this hilarious... uh, YouTube comedian slash I think she might actually have a podcast too but I, I haven't checked it out yet um and her Instagram is the official king TV and she just makes you know the funny funny little Instagram videos uh and so it's I, to me it's just refreshing to see a black lesbian doing that yeah totally. and, you know we we always see like the sort of like the men in wigs or yeah like the straight girls get they shine on there. And so it was it was it was just refreshing for me to see a black lesbian. Touche. And I'm also going to suggest Baby Mother's Instagram. 
Uh, that's baby fucking mother. B-B-Y-M-U-T-H-A. Because her shoes are enough reason for you to follow. But the music? Yeah, the music. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's my end. To... Unparalleled. She yes, is. yes. Yeah. So, yeah. So I hope these escapes help. I hope I've equipped you with like a whole like arsenal of things you can pull from to completely check out from your family. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you go and listen to that Color Purple soundtrack, I'm here. That is not on my list. I, I should just, like, <laughs> officially say. It is good. That song is so, it's just moving. What's the song, Nikita? It's called I'm Here. It's, like, towards the end, you know, where Celie is like. Dear I'm, God, I'm here. <laughs> you're not doing it justice. Wasn't that also a holiday scene? They was carving turkey and shit. She was like. Wow. I'm pretty sure she left the Thanksgiving dinner to do that. Was that? Yeah. The point remains. It's a great song. <laughs> and I think you should listen to it. That's not a part of my, <laughs> my mental moment, okay? All right. But if you need to watch Color Purple, do you. I didn't say watch it. Just listen to that song on the soundtrack. Who has the soundtrack? It's on Spotify. Oh, my God. Why did you know that? <laughs> because I listened to it. Moving on along. Okay. So, uh, this episode is brought to you by... Organizing. Organizing. Okay. So, this might seem a little pedestrian, but I think it's always good to be clear on what exactly we mean um, by organizing and distinguish it from some... um, I see why you like Frasier. You just said this word might seem pedestrian. Okay, I... You're, you're just, you you're kidding? done. No, you're done. You're done. Walk you, out. Get out of your own home. Anyway, so what I was saying before I was so rudely interrupted was it's uh, important to define exactly what we mean by organizing and distinguish it from um, some other things uh, like uh, mobilizing and advocacy. But I'll get to that in a minute. So, excuse me, just basically, uh, I think one of the first um, important things about organizing is that the goal of organizing is to create a real, like, material change um, in people's lives, particularly, hopefully, like, a, a wide swath of people. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, um, like, that sounds kind of um, self-evident or, like, very clear, but I think sometimes we actually lose sight. Um, it's not, like, the, ide- the ideological debates, you know, that right. happens within organizing, those are really mm-hmm. important. Like, the education work mm-hmm. is really important. But at the end of the day, we're trying to bring about some kind of real, you know, material change that people can say, okay, my, my life is better off mm-hmm. having, you know, engaged in um, organizing. But, like, a body of people, right? Right, a large right. amount of right, people right. rather than just, like, one yeah. or two people. Because when I think about just one person getting benefits from it, I think about advocacy. Oh, you about to steal my show. Oh, sorry. No, that's good. See, I, no, that's good. That's that good. was just, you know, like a lot of therapists like to call themselves advocates as well mm. because they kind of go hand in hand because that's what you're actually trying exactly. to do as a therapist is create change in one person's life. But go ahead. No, and that actually leads to my second point. I was going to say that that the work of organizing, I've said this ad nauseum on here, but it's always important to stress that organizing has to be collective. Um, and so, so rather... 
Another thing that I was thinking about, so not just um, in terms of advocacy, but I feel like that's the difference between organizing and versus um, social services. Because I think a lot of times uh, we see, particularly mm. in um, nonprofits, that they're all about, I mean, even think about the language. They say like case management, where you're uh, managing like an individual's case, or you're just dealing with like the um, the symptoms of like mm-hmm. structural problems, and you're not exactly trying to like get at, at the root of an issue. And so that's also another uh, important point. Organizing has to be collective, right? A lot of people have to be like engaged in it. And then like it has to get at some, some kind of root of a problem instead of just like um, doing something on an individual basis. Like for my job, um, like I said before, I work at a worker center and it's really interesting because um, especially in our like U.S. culture where everything is so individualized, it's it's hard for people, I think, sometimes to imagine how to solve a problem collectively. Because one of the first things that people say when they're experiencing a problem at work, when they're not getting, you know, paid or there's a health and safety issue, the first thing that they always ask is, "I need to, I need to talk to a lawyer. Like, give me a lawyer." And the reality is, quite honestly, most um, lawyers are not like checking for. Um, you know, to solve your individual like low wage worker problem, and but and, but when we usually mention, okay, hey, this is how we do things. We do it through like, um, you know, through a collective process. You know, as soon as you say like, oh, there's strength in numbers, people are like, oh yeah, like that sounds mm-hmm. right and that makes mm-hmm. sense. But that's not their first immediate way of thinking about how to solve an um, solve an issue. And the next thing uh, that I was gonna say, or the third thing is, um, I think th- this is really key that the. And so we said that it's collective, and one of the ways that you make it collective is that you have to build up a base of people, and it has to be, and and in order to build up a big base, or the reason why you build up a big base is so that you can actually build up enough power to be able to influence, Mm -hmm. um, like, um some kind of, like, policy or, like, some kind of problem. Ain't no power like the power of the people because the power of the people don't stop. Say what? (laughs) (laughs) And so, um, excuse me, and the the important part about building up a base is that these are people who are not already, like, involved in some kind of, like, organizing or activism. And most importantly, the people who are in the base, um, organizers, like, should believe, and a lot of us do believe that it's the people who are the most impacted by an issue are the ones that should be, um, their leadership should be developed to the point where they're the ones leading any kind of struggle or any kind of um, campaign. Um, And so that's, to your point about advocacy, that's the difference, uh, as I see it, between the difference between organizing and advocacy is that... Advocacy doesn't empower. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't empower, and it's usually some quote-unquote expert working on other people's behalf, not in solidarity with or not taking a lead from Mm -hmm. those people. Mm -hmm. And something else that um, that's also important uh, to talk about or mention is... The difference between mobilizing and organizing. So when you're mobilizing people, those are the people who are already converted to whatever ideals or whatever like campaign you're trying to do. So, I mean, like, I mean, and that serves a purpose. There's nothing inherently wrong with like mobilizing. So, like for instance. Like, we do actions all the time, and it's like sometimes you just want to get as many people as possible. And so you're going to get the people who are already yeah. already committed to social mm-hmm. justice and um, like who are already, you know, some kind of liberal leftist progressive or somebody who, like, doesn't need to be convinced to engage in right, uh, right. whatever thing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the distinctions of... So when you, like, compare that or contrast that with organizing, organizing is, like, that slow, long-term work of actually um, convincing people who don't already believe what it is 
that that you believe in who um are who are already engaged in mm-hmm. like activism. Yeah, that's I think that's like a short um little um like description about like what organizing um is. And um and it's th- there's this piece um I think I read it a while ago and it's making the difference between it kind of goes into like the the history between the terms like activism and organizing. And I've, I think I, I mention this all the time, but I mean, it's all in the title. Like and if you're an organizer and if you're organizing, then mm-hmm. it usually means that you should also be a part of an organization. Right, right, right. And that's also important and to make that distinction between like an organizer and an activist. Yeah. Because if you're in an organization, then hopefully if it's democratic, it means that you're actually accountable to right. somebody. Whereas I think a lot of times, and I've, I've totally been guilty of this, where like an activist, you're just kind of doing your own thing, mm-hmm. like out on your own and you're not actually, again you know, doing that slow work of reaching out mm-hmm. to, like, building um, building your base and reaching out to other people. So, like, like one of the important things, um, so, like, for my job, I do, like, outreach, and we just go out, you know, we talk to um, people about, like, different, like, workers' issues, and this mm-hmm. is why things like canvassing and door knocking um, yeah, is yeah, really yeah. important. And and I was just going to say that, that, that point about reaching out to new people is so, 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 um, important because I think a lot of the times it's very easy for us um, to be in um, silos and I know there's a lot of organizers who are talking about the importance of not like throwing people away and it's like mm-hmm. because it's like we actually if we are like going to be building then we're going to run into people mm-hmm. who have like fucked up ideas yeah. right and it's like and I'm not saying like you like that's okay or that it's excusable but you create the conditions and you know you figure out collectively how to do that education mm-hmm. work where we all can like be on the same page yeah. and the reality is that it's it's not just going to be a handful of us who all know the same language, um, who all believe in the same thing. It's not going to be a small um, kind of. Um, it's not going to be a small group of people who's going to, you know, change um, this the conditions in society. It's got to be a large mass mm-hmm. uh, group of people. And it's like, and, go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking like, so you're you're thinking about like the people within the organization, but I was thinking about the organization as a system. And and a lot of times, what I also see happen is that. If one person steps away, the organization falls. It, like, crumbles. And um, so, to me, when I think about organizing, it also needs to be sustainable. Because you were talking about, like, long term. Exactly. And when you're you're constantly bringing in that, like, new blood of people who are energized and who are new to it. That keeps that keeps it sustained and also keeps those older people from, like, burning Burning out and falling off. Yeah, definitely. So, um... As we're so, you know, we just spent a little bit of time um, talking about organizing, and as we are going um, into um, Thanksgiving, I just wanted to talk about Family Feast Week. Excuse me, Family Feast Week, FFW. So, I just wanted to talk about um, just or highlight two examples um, of organizing, but they also just feel really timely considering we are going into Family Feast Week. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately. Um, uh, folks might have seen that there, the Keystone Pipeline has just, um, there's been a leak. And the lower estimates um, say that it's about uh, 210,000 uh, gallons of oil that are leaking out of this um, pipeline. And as folks might remember, there was, um, there was like these long struggles and campaigns um, 
to not get the Keystone Pipeline mm -hmm. uh, built for this very, very mm -hmm. reason. And as we know, and like, and we're coming up, is we're either just a little bit past, or like we're right on like the basically the one year anniversary oh, of Standing yeah. Rock, mm -hmm. and like we would be remiss, you know, to talk if we didn't mention the fact that. You know, these struggles around, um, like, these pipelines is not just about, like, the environmental impacts, mm -hmm. but it really is about, like, these struggles over, like, indigenous, like, sovereignty right. and, like, uh, folks... Um, like indigenous folks are the ones that need to be having a say over what happens on their land yeah. and to their land. And just going back like to what we were just saying about organizing, it was like a large amount of people um, and they had there was a concrete material change that was mm -hmm. going to bring in people's lives, mm -hmm. right? Stopping this pipeline from doing exactly, unfortunately, what the Keystone Pipeline yep. has done and um, it was collective. And the people most directly impacted were that leading were that. Leading, yeah. exactly. Um, so I think, yeah, so I said that it was 210,000 gallons. That's like the on the low end, but in some reports I've seen that it's up, it could be around 600,000 uh, gallons of oil, of oil just, just in out, water. just like, just leaking, right? Um, and so, and so I think a lot of folks um, have probably heard about that, but something that folks probably, I don't know if people have heard of, that's something that's near and dear to my heart considering uh, the, uh, the organization and the members that uh, we work with. Uh, there's a group of farm workers in Washington State, mm -hmm. um, and so they um, have just this, I think it was just in June of this year, they finally got a union contract. So the uh, group of farm workers is actually, um, it's really um, unique in the sense that it's indigenous-led, and a lot of the farm workers um, are from the Mixteco and the Tricky um, uh, families, and that's they come out of the southern uh, part of Mexico, so uh, Oaxaca and Guerrero, and I think another uh, uh, another state. But um, I learned about uh, this uh, group of um, well, it's a group of unionized farm workers now, and the union is called Familias Unidas por la Justicia, so Families United for, for Justice. Justice. And so this is a group of farm workers. Um, uh, I think it was like a year or two ago, they had this um, boycott. They were calling, so they had massive uh, strikes and uh, work stoppages, and they were working at this very farm called Sakuma Brother uh, Farms. And so there was um, uh, a boycott of uh, Sakuma distributed their berries uh, to corporations and companies like Driscoll. So there was that Driscoll right. Berries um, boycott, and that was because these farm workers were organizing. Mm -hmm. And um, farm workers um, have some really the most like brutal horrific horrific and yeah. uh working um conditions there was like there was they um they were raising they were disgusted and just wanted an end to like the racist mm -hmm. and sexist abuse by supervisors there was systematic wage theft um happening on the farms and i i'm go sorry ahead, i don't mean to interrupt you but i just uh so you're talking about organizing and i also like to think about like links and coalitions to yeah. other things. So this it's by no accident that farm workers have deplorable conditions now because this is still the impact of like anti-black racism post-slavery. Yeah. So when like black people were no longer enslaved and doing like farm work for free. Exactly. Um, you know, all of these like really terrible um, laws around like uh, farm workers not being able to uh, unionize right. and all these things were put in place because of like anti-black racism, and so we should also be thinking about these connections. So oh, you yeah. steal the land from one group of people, and then you force other people to work the land, and then right. you put laws in place so that neither can ever um, like have access to that land again. Exactly, and so um, so yeah. Anytime, so like at at the organization that I work with, we uh, we do a lot around organizing um, immigrant agricultural farm workers, and when we talk about it. 
uh, we say that I mean, like you, I mean, you totally nailed it. That so farm workers are excluded from the right to organize, uh, the right to strike. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the right to form unions and collectively bargain. Uh, the right to uh, a day off and the right to paid overtime. And, and so um, I'm, I just wanted to, the last thing I wanted to say about uh, Familias Unidas Polo Justicia is that they won uh, their union vote or their contract vote. It was like 195 to 58. And that really is a testament mm-hmm. to like organizing because it's, everyone, like when you, like when you're doing some kind of like union drive or any kind of drive or any kind of like campaign, you're going to have to be talking to your coworkers and like yeah. making the case for why they should join the union. Right. right. You can't just be like, oh, well, like, you know, fuck you. It's like, yeah. you actually have to be in the process of like agitating yeah. and like, like organizing. They won the people. vote like 200 to 50. Yes, that's that, that's that's fucking top notch. Yeah, and so um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, while we are talking about um, uh, farm workers, uh, so uh, there's um organizers with uh, my organization. Uh, shout out to another queer wife, Fabiola Ortiz Valdez. Hey, Fabi. You so Fabiola, uh, my coworker Rebecca Fuentes, someone else we work really closely with, uh, Carly Fox, Gretchen Purser, and Kathleen Sexsmith. Uh, Put together this report. I uh, came out this this past year, June first. It's called Milked uh, Past Tense, mm-hmm. um, and it goes into detail about the um, the really brutal living and working conditions that dairy farm workers in here in upstate New York mm-hmm. um, face. And um, okay, I feel like I'm about to get like a little emotional. Like I'm just I'm just really proud to be a part of this organization, and like the to see the the phenomenal work that our members have been doing around organizing, and even with you know the the attacks that are coming down not just on workers, low-wage workers, but particularly like immigrant workers. And still, because something I think that is that happens that we see here um, locally is that there's this narrative, what we call the pobrecito, like the poor little farm yeah. worker. But that's not really what's happening. As we can see um, with the Families United for Justice and, you know, at our work at the Worker Center mm-hmm. and some of our amazing members, um, yes. like they're still speaking out against mm-hmm. injustice. And so I just wanted to, so I wanted to specifically talk about um, the Familias Unidas por Justicia because they're indigenous led. Mm-hmm. But as we come up, you know, everybody's going to be eating all this good food. Exactly. And then you need to think about what like all of the horrific things that have happened in the food chain that that made it so that your food would get on the table. Right. And I was at this training a while ago, and um, this woman who used to uh, work with Cesar Chavez, and she said that he, uh, I guess she was paraphrasing him, and she said that anybody that eats has a, you know, has a stake in the fight for farm worker justice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, like again, as we're eating, like I, I really encourage you all to go read that report. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes, and it really. Um, you know, it doesn't just lay out the, the the really horrific living and working conditions, but again, it lays out like the some like concrete uh, pro- policy proposals mm-hmm. um, that would uh, uplift um, those workers. Because like I always say, when when th- when the workers at the bottom are lifted, then everybody everybody, everybody right. rises. Who right? cares about the workers? Exactly. And just to draw another connection, as we go into Family Feast Week, I know a lot of people are also on this like. Um, veganism, vegetarianism wave because of the all the documentaries that happened in 2017 yeah. or because, I don't know, woke Twitter got you thinking about uh, meat consumption. Um, so if you are in that wave of thinking about like, veganism and vegetarianism, you should also have like some concern about the folks who make it possible for the vegetables and the produce to get to your exactly. plate. And so, I don't know, that's just another connection. It's very important for me, as y'all know, to like draw con- connections and parallels between movements. So, yeah. um, I really appreciate that. Yeah. So you want to go into the topic? Yeah. What's the topic? 
Okie dokie. So um, the topic this week is holiday, or I sh- should I say holiday? <laughs> gay during the holidays. Oh Be my gosh. gay during the holidays. This was a freestyle, like a, a three-minute freestyle. You just so went good. into... It was. I wish I would have been recording, but you, I wasn't. Yeah. That's what you get for subconsciously hating on... I, I, I didn't really, know you I, had this talent. I really bring, like, a new sonic soundscape to our program. That's not why people tune in. I think... But. A, it, it may not be why they uh, walk through the door, but it is why they stay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I thought we could share some of our holiday gay stories. Um, yeah. And what it's like to be queer. You kick us the off. holidays. Um, I don't know where to really start. Let's see. So I know this time of the year is always sort of like tricky for me. I, I talked about this on like the last holiday episode. It's like me and my sisters have always been creative about... December holidays, um, because I don't know, like I'm not tied to any like specific dominant religious tradition in this uh, country. So, you know, we were just, we just, it was always a time that we carved out to love on each other. It wasn't specifically tied to any sort of religious practice. Um, and then I guess even since last year in one year's time, like my My um, orientation to December holidays is totally changed. I'm so excited for Kwanzaa. Like, my Kwanzaa about to be so (laughs) 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 Yes. Oh, you know, I should should link that. There's um, a lot of articles about how Kwanzaa is for queer, queer black folks. I should link that. Because one was written by Alexis Pauline And she is basically like... She is truly a a black feminist, nas- probably international treasure. Oh my gosh! Like um, gay for the holidays, we gay for the holidays. Not just for the holidays, we gay during the holidays. Twenty four seven gay. Let's see. Do I have any? Well, first of all, I know um, me and Kate talked about this on a podcast before. Like how we feel about queering. Mm. Um, like as an, as an act. So like when you think about queer as an identity, like I wouldn't say I'm blackening something. So why oh, would I say, oh, <laughs> I just blacked it up. I was uh, about to say, I'm, the verdict is still out, out on that. You would say you're blackening a holiday? Sure. We, we gonna, this, this about to be the blackest <laughs> New Year's black, celebration. Black, black, it up. <laughs> I'm blickety, blackety, black, black. Okay. Um, let me step out of that. Um, but in ways I think of like <laughs> gaying or changing up, um, and reimagining Thanksgiving is to one not call it Thanksgiving because family I, feast week, family feast day, family feast week. Um, it just feels so like oh how the fuck are we still? I think people like broadly understand like Columbus Day is fucked up. But to still think that, like, Thanksgiving is cool, I'm like, no, y'all. That whole story around the first Thanksgiving is, like, some colonialist propaganda and bullshit. And, and you've been seeing, like, the shit on, like, social media. People have been posting, like, what's in their kids' uh, textbooks. What did that one say? It was like, and the it's like, all the, all the uh, Native Americans moved, moved to, to make space for, for the, the pilgrims. pilgrims. 
We know that's not what happened. Not even close. Yeah. And then so like, oh, it was a fantastic feast. I don't believe that shit. I believe <laughs> it was probably some indigenous family sitting down about to eat. And these white motherfuckers showed up like, this our food now. And they're and like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Whose man is this? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. So anyway, like that whole myth around like there being a peaceful um, dinner and then we like come to celebrate that every year. So the way I think about it is like the time that we can carve out and November is Indigenous Peoples History Month. Yeah, you just told me that. Yeah. So like it's really shitty to think about that, like this colonialist holiday to also be celebrated during that time. But... To think of it, like, I see some people doing, like, Friendsgivings, uh, Family Feast Day is what I've decided to think of it as. Um, and it also helps me expand it beyond. A lot of times I feel really guilty not being around my blood family mm. for the holidays. Uh, but I consider all these folks that I love and know family. To be family, Yeah, right. and so just thinking, like, this is the day that we're going to get together and eat until we feel sick. <laughs> that's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> That has a certain U.S. quality to it. And so me and my sisters, what we would always do, every family feast day, we would eat till we felt sick, take like a short nap, like very short. Uh And then we would go watch a movie. So for a few years in a row, it was, um, what the fuck is that series called? Hunger Games. Wow. How fitting. So we would go watch the new Hunger Games after our itis nap (laughs) and then then stay up and go to Old Navy for the Black Friday sale. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like our little thing. thing. Three years in a row. Yeah. But I guess the the holiday that I wanted to talk about. So two things. One is that the LGBT Resource Center here does a holiday celebration, which I've, I've, ever since I've been here, I thought it was amazing. Um, it's basically like a roundup of all the queers who are still on campus, uh, during the holiday break and, uh, they just have a big ass cake. They play music. We, we all play giant Jenga and it's fun. Uh, you get to meet people yeah. and a, cause a lot of q don't go home over the breaks I've noticed, especially international q Yeah. Uh, it's just too damn expensive. I was expensive. Yeah. So they stay, and then you don't have any family. Syracuse is cold as shit. It was snowing today. So it's really great to have things like that. So I just, I guess I wanted to highlight the work that the LGBT Resource Center does here. Um, I know QPOC communities really appreciate it. And then I wanted to talk about the gayest um, <laughs> family feast day that I've ever had. And it was the 2014 family feast day. When my mama came to Syracuse. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> you missed it. I cannot believe you Damn. missed that. And you missed my sister being in New York. They Never mind. It's just like, they gonna keep thinking you imaginary. If you Nobody can. thinks I'm imaginary. <laughs> of all the time, you're always in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And my, my, my mom was here for a whole month. How did I miss Sharon? I have no idea. Damn. She was here for a whole month. All Damn. of November 2014, she was here. Wow. Yeah. Who knows what, where my psyche was at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the sit-in happened also. Oh, okay. In November. Yeah. So, um, so my mom was here, and my mom is big on um, like having people over. And so, even though she knew she wasn't gonna be cooking nothing, 
Because <laughs> she don't do that. Uh, she told me to invite, like, everybody, right? So she's Facebook friend requesting my friends, invite them over. She's not she, fucking around. She chatting with Jess, like, oh, you coming? <laughs> like oh my gosh mom and what my mom also does is like she hates to see people like rejected by their family mm. or in any kind of way you know my all the women in my family are sort of like that my grandma was like that and so a few of my friends who came to that family feast day didn't go home for the holidays because their parents like were rejecting of their queer identities and so my mama was like fuck that you can come over here <laughs> mind you she ain't cooking nothing she's just inviting people <laughs> But it ended up being so many of my QPOC friends and family. And I think that's actually what brought us closer was this um, holiday because my mom is a fool. And so she had everybody laughing. Her sister was here, too. And so they were telling us, who are like a generation younger than them, that they invented twerking. Wow. Single-handedly. Single-handedly. <laughs> and, so, and so my mama was twerking. Y'all can know. <laughs> Um, I cannot believe I missed that. Yes. And so, I have a video, I think, still on my Instagram. Uh, On your what? On my Instagram. Your Instagram? Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) And it just, it devolved. (laughs) We went from, like, eating into straight up, like, ass clapping. Like, where the twerkers at? Straight to releasing the wiggle. (laughs) (laughs) Ass everywhere. Ass everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, and it was just great. Um, I know two of my friends who uh, came, I won't say their names because I don't know like how they feel about that. Uh, they were like in tears at the end of the night saying that, you know, they would never be able to have like this queer moment where they, because they, they're both, they both are men. And so they're like, you know, I would never be able to twerk in front of my mama. Right. And to have your mom there being like, fuck it up, yes! <laughs> you know, <laughs> that like... It, it healed something for me yeah. with, like, my relationship with my sure. own mom. And this is, like, maybe, like, 8 eight or 12 just queer little... It was a quiggle of queers. Just a bunch. <laughs> and my mom was just, like, really there for all of us. And, you know, my little sisters were there. And I'm really close with them. And so I think... I think a lot of times, uh, because I'm so far from them, I forget how... A lot of queer and trans folks of color do not have that. Yeah. They don't have this family that they can yeah. go to and who not only, um, like, what do you call it? Not only accepts, but affirms their yeah. identity. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, my mom is a cheerleader for me. Yeah. And um, that is, she, she extends that love to all my friends. And so that felt really great. And it was also one of those moments where I was just like, my mommy is amazing. Like, Man, shout out to Sharon. <laughs> yes. She, because you know, Everybody, like, huh, everybody be out here coming for black mamas. Yeah, And I think that, and I know that's not, like, universal. Like, there are some black mamas who are incredibly homophobic. But uh, I am thankful for my black mama who allowed me the space to do that. Even when I wasn't comfortable with it myself. Yeah. She was. Man. I love me some Sharon. I know. She was here. She went to the resource center, too, the LGBT resource center. Wow. Oh, that was so great. Yeah. That was the gay holiday experience that I thought about. What about you? I can't top that. Not that it's a competition. Yeah, you have to top it. Just tell us a gay holiday story. A gay holiday story. Um, I don't feel like I have any exciting gay holiday stories. I went to... (laughs) 
So I had a partner come home and meet my mm. family once. For the most part, that was good, but bless my grandmother's heart, she was not being polite. <laughs> she was just not being nice. But my mom was being real sweet. Um, Wait, is this just general grandma grumpness? No, or? my grandma is the sweetest person in the world. <laughs> and she would, and she, and she, and I've never like she. She hit my partner with oh, and she's like, oh well, I hope your little friend comes back. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, little friend, grandma. <laughs> and my grandma's like a real cosmopolitan progressive woman. So I was like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> Because it was know. like in her face. That's I guess different. so. I guess so. And I don't, I never like formally like came out. Like I didn't, to like to mm. anybody or to any of my family. It was just like, oh, oh, here's a, here's the lady partner. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> here she I thought you was about to say something else. What do you think I was going to say? Nothing's not important. Oh, something lewd? Yeah. No. <laughs> so, um, but my. So you didn't form, what do you mean by formally? Like I never, t- I don't think I wrote, no, I'm lying. I think I, oh man, I was really unhinged one year. <laughs> I think I was just on the phone with my mama. Oh, like some some awful stuff had happened in the news about like queer people or something happened to some like queer friends of mine. Um, and I was telling my mom about it and she was just like, oh. And she's like, well, that's unfortunate. I was like, I was like, you're not angry enough about this. <laughs> and she's like, what? And she's like, what do you want me to say? And I was like. I was, like, I was like, tell me right now. I was like, you have a problem with queer people? I was like, tell me now. <laughs> it was so dramatic. I was so embarrassed that I did that. And she's like, and, and it was so funny because my mom, like, like growing up, like, she was always, like, real cool. I was mm-hmm. like, I thought I was real progressive. And she's like, okay, fine. She's like, I just grew up. She's like, I just grew up and I thought it was wrong. She's like, I've just got to try to, un- she's like, I got to try to change my ways. She's like, you got to be patient with me. That's great. And so I was like, and I was like, okay. And it was so cute because, so for my mom is always the biggest beef my mom has with me now is she's like, you know, I know you out here fighting for good. She's like, but you need to get yourself a good government job. <laughs> oh, Miss Lisa. And so <laughs> and so after we had that like tiff on the phone, she was like, Okay, I'm trying. So she was sending me, um, like she was she sent me like some government job where they had like some special thing for like queer people. It was so, Aww. it was so cute. It was like, it was something from like the, some like lesbian and gay task force. She was like, here. She's like, see, she's like, people are fine with it. She's like, but you just need to get a government job. <laughs> so anyway, so I guess I did come out to my mom like mm-hmm. in that way. Cause we had that, that I was totally unhinged. You know, the weather was bad and whatever. But so my mom loved my partner at the time. And it was so funny because my mom was like, she's like, you know what? She's like, I just really like her. She was like, you know, she's just nice and sweet. But and my grandma was just like, oh, well, you know, she was all right, I guess. <laughs> I was just like. Grandma was like, not impressed. <laughs> grandma was like, not on my watch. <laughs> but then I think the my, my partner at that time had come visit again. And grandma, mm-hmm. I think my mom, I know my mom. Mm-hmm. Like had one of those conversations with my grandma. I was like, "Now, now, Mary, you need to stop this. <laughs> and you, you need to act right." But that ended up being that. Ended, I was I had so much anxiety, but like my family was cool. It was good, and you know we just had a we had a real good time. Except gra- grandma showed out. <laughs> grandma was grandma, shady. Grandma showed out, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, my grandma used to do the little friend too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so funny though. So it's like when I, I, apparently I have like this whole quiggle of queers in my family. And because this one time, bless her heart, my mom was like, 
You know, I'm trying to understand. She was like, you think of something in the gene pool in our family? <laughs> Is it hereditary? And I was like, excuse me, I was like, why are you asking? She's like, it's you, so-and-so, 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 so-and-so. And I was like, where are all these people at? <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's how sexuality works, Mom. She's like, I'm, just, I'm not trying to be offensive. She's like, I'm just trying to ask, just trying to figure out. I was like, all right. But I'm actually going to go see them over the... Um, I normally don't only see them usually once a year, but I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing them. This I know. Year, I'm excited that you're going yeah. too. I don't. Oh, I have taken a partner home for like the Thanksgiving family feast day mm-hmm. last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I think that was the first time that went well. It. Oh my! My family loved them. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was really good yeah. actually. I remember that. Yeah. My, and my mom was like, she was like on point with the pronouns too. See, yeah. see I, mean, that, I just really want to underscore or just reiterate what you said. People just don't be giving uh, black black families, black mm-hmm. mamas any kind of credit whatsoever. Yeah, because a lot of her little sayings anyway are inherently gender neutral. Uh-huh. She, she'd be like, "Go tell that child they can fix their plate," you know. <laughs> so that child is not gendered at right, all, exactly. <laughs> like, and so she like, you know. Just check with me, because when you say, um, they coming, I don't know how many people showing up in my house. So, so you just need to be specific. Sharon, we would just mean one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was also during the, we got beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, yeah. <laughs> that shit. And there was a vegan version, do you remember? Oh my god! That guy yeah. with the beard—he was so fine, and that rap was good. <laughs> something, something, something out of almond milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got cornbread, even got stuffing. But yes, and so I had got my sister—I um, think an apron or a shirt that said, "I got beans, beans, <laughs> <laughs> chicken, churches." <laughs> you name it. <laughs> oh, I was just saying that shit at your house every yeah. night. And so I got it for her. It's sort of like a gag gift. Yeah. But she wore it while she was cooking. Because my middle sister is the chef of the family. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Shara? She be whipping the whip. Oh, yes. Oh. She cooks the whole damn dinner. Like, That's so great. Me and Nunu just make it cute. Like, That's actually not great. Y'all just be uh, burdening her with all the labor? <laughs> no. Wow. It's just, I don't know how that came to be. I think growing up, I broke a lot of bones, so I was, like, never in the kitchen. Uh. She hung out with my grandma and my great-grandma a lot. So, my great-grandma was, like, old-school cook, that she's going to make the pie crust from scratch. Scratch, yeah. Yeah, she in here baking the cornbread so that she could dry it out and make the stuff in. Uh -uh. She was that kind of cook. And so, my sister just, you know, picked it up. And I think Nunu was just the baby of the family, so. okay, yeah, yeah, So, me and Nunu make, like, the... Side dishes and and Shara prepares the entrees. Oh, I don't do. Not, I made a pie from scratch one time. Nikita, you be cooking. I see your Instagram. Well, you know, and then you, I, you brought me a plate once, even though that eggplant parmesan. Was- do I look like Grubhub? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uber Eats. But I'm just saying. When the other day I told you to come over here and get a plate. I, I offer to you. Because, so here's the thing. I, I I struggle with the fact that sometimes I be cooking like a white woman and my seasonings don't be on point. And now you've made me out myself. And so people mm, ain't going to be at that bitch's house. <laughs> well, thank you. It's like you just be, you be seasoning your stuff like Salt Bay. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, 
Because I used to, so I feel like I go from one one extreme to the other. I used to like do too much saw. And now I'm like, oh, I never want to go back to that again. So yeah. I'm just like, beep. It's a little bit. <laughs> well, that eggplant parmesan was good. Right. It was. Why do you say right like that? Because it was, it was good. It was so good. I know. Because I, I told myself in my head that I was going to save half for lunch the next day. It was too day. good. I, I did outdo myself with that. <laughs> I, that was the talk of the town, if I do say so I myself. I licked the Tupperware. Okay. <laughs> I think we've come to a good stopping point. And you know, I also don't cook, so I always get excited when people cook for me. Okay, that's going to encourage me to cook more. And I'm also, that's what happens when you're, like, you're single and you live by yourself. Yeah, it's just like, I always have leftovers whenever yeah. I cook. Because, you know, I, it's just me and Riri and Wednesday. Okay, and just do the listeners know who Wednesday is now? I'm sure they can. No, they, they can gander a guess because they know who Riri is. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, and I just I would like for others to chime in. I think that money has to stop at two cats because I just think you get into a dangerous territory with more than two. Uh, this is it. Okay. It is because I won't be able to find an apartment if I get more. Yeah. Uh, the apartment is really the least of my worries for you. I told you I'm giving up romantic, fatuous, any kind of okay. like heated love. And if you get, I'm in, I'm only going to have cats. Like no familial love and I, cats. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, this sounds like I'm the sick beginning. I'm my heart broken by all these women. This sounds like the beginning of a really sad end. <laughs> well, it leads us right into Curved Chronicles. Do you have any Curved Chronicles? No, I don't. Wow. <laughs> I don't have any. Uh, well, I guess I have a short one. Tell us. I went to um, Nectar, which is which was a day party that Brooklyn Boyhood hosted. And if y'all don't know, Brooklyn Boyhood is just like a collective of trans masculine, black and brown uh, folks of color who are all fine as fuck. Fine as fuck. Okay. They have a calendar if you want to check it out. Oh, my God. I didn't know they had a... Oh, my God. You know, I have one. Well, it's an old one. I think it's like from 2015, but I haven't let it go. That's... Okay, that's a little creepy. <laughs> Everything I say, you pathologize it. Why do you need a calendar from 2015? You're because not even using it. Because it's from Brooklyn Boyhood, and I support it. I want to su- I want to support, but I also don't want to be a creep. I, w- I want to actually use the calendar and not just be lusting over it in my private time. I who said I lust over it in my private? What time? do you do with the 2015 I calendar? I lust over it in my public time. <laughs> oh, thank you for that important <laughs> clarification. But anywho, so I went to this day party, and I was so excited because I mean Brooklyn Boyhood events are always super fun and they're always like teeming with baddies. So we walk in, and my my baby sister was with me, um, and she was like, "Oh, I think they think we're a couple, so we should separate." Even though we clearly don't look like no couple at all, we clearly look like sisters. But <laughs> she's like, "I'll go over here and be cute, and you stay over there and be cute." <laughs> um, mind you, she is probably the most heterosexual woman I know, but she's like, "I just want to see, you know, I just want to see if somebody thinks I'm cute." Now that's how it starts. <laughs> so. I, I quickly, like, do a scan in the room, and everybody is booed up. So nobody was trying to flirt. Booed up. Thanks for the LMA shout-out. I can't believe you know that song. Yeah, only because you put it on that CD for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Um. so there was that. I tried. I remember there was a point where I tried to get to the bar, and there was this uh, person who was fine as fuck, like, so fine. 
Um, and I, but I wasn't like trying to holler at them. I really was trying to get to the bar to get my card. Um, and they were like, oh, this is my girl. Like, and like put their arm around the woman next to them. And I was like, I wasn't tapping you. Like, I want you. Maybe I need to adjust my tap. But I just like tapped their shoulder like that. That's weird. It's weird that I tapped their shoulder. Tapping someone's shoulder? Describe the scene for me again. Nikita. Everything I do to approach human beings, you think it's weird. But you, we also have to take whatever I say with a grain of salt. Because you're a curmudgeon. And I don't approach anybody. So, it's a crowded party. Because okay. it's, it's packed. It was a very tiny venue. Yeah. So, it's like three layers of people before okay. the bar. And I'm trying to get to the bar to get my uh-huh. car back. And so, I finally made it to the first layer. And um, this person's shoulder was, like, in front of me. The so shoulder I was, was like, in front of you. Okay. Yeah, so I just tapped their shoulder, and when they turned around and looked, I was like, hey. And what I was about to say was that, can I scoot past yeah. you? But before I could say that, all I said was, hey. And they were like, oh, this is my girl. And you're like, okay. <laughs> That's all well and good, but I still need to get through. <laughs> and so, yeah, there was that. So everybody there was already coupled up. I guess I missed cuffing season. So it goes. Sure. Everybody is booed up. Like. Everybody? Everybody. There was either like group situations going on. Where group situations? Like group situations, you know, where. How can you tell? They are all sitting together, laughing together, touching each other. So you don't want to infiltrate that group and be like, hi, I think you're actually. Oh, I see what you're saying. You thought I meant like some kind of like polyamorous yeah, arrangement. That's what I thought you meant. No, I meant they were just like <laughs> sitting in. I don't know if they were all of a, a, oh, but like a, a you relationship. Can't, you can't but. be an individual like inter- intervening into like right a, an like, already so, formed social group. Yeah, I hear. So you. say it's like five people sitting together. Yeah, I can't walk up to the group and be like, "Hi, excuse me, my name is Money, right. and I think that you're a baddie. Right? Would you like to step away from your friends so I could throw this pussy at you? Where's <laughs> my card? <laughs> You still doing that or nah? My cards are popping. It's never been... Let's get it clear. It's never been an indictment of the card itself. It's about whether it's an appropriate tool for... We will not have this discussion again. (laughs) Damn! You gonna beat my ass if I bring it up again? Everything I do, like I said again. So how would you... No, you know what? That's a different episode. Right. What's your curve chronicle? So I feel like you've uh, brought up a lot about um, like friendships, like sometimes I guess getting curved by um, like either like queer people or like black people. I think mm-hmm. I got friend curved. You got friend curved hard, my friend. It was like, and it was like a double whammy. <laughs> I was in a double whammy. So I went to this. I went to this uh, local event. Um, There's like. Well, it doesn't matter what it was, but I was at this event, and I know this person. I just added them on Facebook. We've done, like, events together, and I and I was like, oh, hi. How, I was like, hey, how are you? And she she's black, but she hit me with the white woman. She was like, oh, hello, I'm well. And then turned away and didn't speak to me. And, like, so she's talking to my friends who I'm there with, and, like, she's going out of her way to not speak to, to, not speak to me. Maybe she has a crush on you. That's not true at all. <laughs> How do you know that, Nikita? Because she's like, she's like straight, 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 straight. 
They always are. Oh, well, that's... That's, that's your a, type. Uh, okay, for the record, that is... That's libel and slander <laughs> and expect expect a lawsuit. Because that's just categorically untrue. And then there's somebody else who I've met and talked to at an event. They came up to me, like, a few months ago at this event. And they're like, oh, hey, like, I heard some of the stuff that you were saying. Like, I agree with it. Like, I want to mm-hmm. get involved in some of the things that you're doing. And I saw her. And, and so... To her point, I think I was a little bit of a creep because I was like staring at her trying to remember where I knew her from. And I thought I was like speaking, but I wasn't. So I was just like staring at her trying to recall. <laughs> what do you mean you thought you were speaking? Because I was in my head, I was I was like going through how I was gonna figure out how I knew her, but it was just happening in my head. It wasn't actually coming out of my mouth. And but she wouldn't make eye contact with me, and I was like, bitch, I know you and you know me. It really hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nikita. I'm sorry you had that experience. Are you because you're... <laughs> I'm oh, laughing wow. so hard okay, because yeah. you said she gave you the white woman, like, high cheek smile. like Yeah, she was like, oh, hi, hello, how are you? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, what did I do to you? Can't win them all. Y'all are friends on Facebook. And I just <laughs> added her, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> And we knew each other before we were friends on Facebook. We've done events together. (laughs) (laughs) She knows me. What's also funny about this to me, I wish I could stop laughing right now. Uh, Me too. (laughs) I don't think you're socially awkward. I think you have like a lot of angst about approaching people in social situations. I do. So, (laughs) So it sounds like you like... You put yourself out there. You like washed up. That's what, and I was feeling good that night. Um, they had like some cocktails, so I'd had. Well, I didn't have a cocktail, but I had a beer, so I was like, you know, I, I was a little more at ease, mm-hmm. and I was really excited. And it was a mixer. I fucking hate that kind of mm-hmm. shit. I don't want to fucking mingle. I was mingling. I was being vivacious and vibrant and lively, and she was just like, "Oh, hi, how are you?" <laughs> Like, that's, I'm not going to be at that she point. She gave you the HR smile? It was. <laughs> and she gave me that, like, I'm walking into work, and I'm, she's going to give me the smile, like, bitch, you're going to be fired today, and you're the only one that does it, uh, that don't know it. That's the, that's the smile and high that she gave me. Oh, my gosh. So. Wow. Friends. <laughs> how, how many, many of us have, have them? them? Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, so I joined a group, you know that, like I joined a, right. uh, it's sort of like a support group. Um, I think I've just been, uh, overflowing my cup with therapy of my own lately. <laughs> You're going to therapy. <laughs> like three times like a week. Like seven times a week. <laughs> I love it. Um, what can I say? It's free. I'm going to use it. Um, but yeah, so uh, this idea of all of my friends are going to be gone soon. I think it like panicked me. Mm. And I'm like, oh. my whole social network that I worked so hard to sort of build up Bills. and not feel isolated. Yeah. You know, it's a college town. So people are in and out it's all transient. the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I joined this group and I feel like I don't want to set myself up to get friend curved. So even though I really want to hang out with some of them, uh-huh. I don't want to be like, would you like to go see Thor Ragnarok with me? Wow. Any time you're saying Ragnarok. <laughs> it's the, 
Oh my gosh. I'm not going to explain this. I've, I know what Thor is. And no, it's just that anything I do to approach people, you shit on it. So I'm not going to... You know it's just just all in good fun. I only tease you because I obviously don't even have the tools. <laughs> I have no fucking social wherewithal to make any kind of social acquaintance I whatsoever. Feel like being, becoming Facebook friends is so like... Well, for me, it's serious. I mean, you see my friends list. I got like 250 friends. Oh. Uh, first of all, because I don't know you people. Right. And, <laughs> like, if I can't name, I, I don't know. I feel like if it takes me a minute to recall, like, your name and stuff, I'm like, why are you my friend on Facebook? You obviously don't interact with my stuff a lot. Right. I don't interact with yours. It just feels weird. That's probably a smart so, way to go about that. I mean, yeah. mine is a total opposite. Yeah, you have... You, we are total. So on social media, you have so many more friends yeah. than I do. But it's because of like organizing. Like you got to make sure people know about events. Oh yeah, no, not me. Well, this seems like a low point, low note to end the episode. We can't end it here. On but we've night. got each other. We've got right. we've got people now. Two gays for the holidays. Two gays for the holidays. We two gays during the holidays. Ooh, you know what? You know what I was thinking about the other day. Those little black girl games. Jump mm-hmm. in, jump out, turn yourself about. We gotta do a gay one. We gotta do a gay one? Yes, I don't know how I it feel like they were all pretty gay. <laughs> bang, bang, choo choo train, oh. watch money, do that thing. Oh, wow. My name is Money. Yeah. yeah. And I'm gay. Yeah. Hey, this is the episode. Hey, for the holidays. Hey. We gay hey. for the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> It's rapidly Queer evolving. in, queer out. <laughs> queer yourself about. That would be good. Dang, there was another one we used to Something do. Something about the hands up high, the feet down low, gigolo. Why were we singing about gigolos? Gigolo, exactly. They were pretty. Oh, right. Well, there were so many of those. How come I can't remember any? When's the last time you've been in a- Because patriarchy forces girls to give up their childhood games while men okay, get to hang on so to So we look forward um to <laughs> having a, a good fun I'm I'm gonna get family feast day. I'm gonna get people together and start up a new double dutch group on my block. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> and I'm sure um Wednesday and Riri will hold the rope. <laughs> We'll turn the rope as you and your new friends will double dutch. That's right. And we're going to remember all of these little childhood chants. Okay. Ooh, chee wally wally. Before Nas made it into a nasty it. song. It was a it was a rope. It was a rope turn game. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Fancy that. Anyway, I think we're done here. We thank y'all for listening. Yeah. Thank y'all for listening. Share the episode. Use the hashtag. Use the hashtag. Come Tell on. us how your holiday went. Yes. Come on. Leave us some comments. If you can remember any holiday stories that you would like to share for us. If you came out on a holiday. hmm Dang. You got some spirit that I do not have. Oh, and what are your plans? I want to know what people are doing. Yeah, what are y'all doing? Yeah. Because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of us make shift. And that's great because, like, all this stuff is made up anyway. And so I want to know, like, how people are changing it and creating new things to do as queer pox. And Yeah, indeed. So remember, um, donate to us on Patreon. Remember, we're trying to get to that 25 reviews and ratings on yes. iTunes, trying to get five more um, patrons on Patreon. So hit us up there. Use the hashtag 
And you can um, email us at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We out. Deuces.